This is the Grant and Taco Show. There we go. Welcome to episode two of the Grant and Taco Show here on the Anything is Potable feed on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jared Weiss, and I just wanted to catch up with you guys real quick before we jump into the show because a lot has changed since the last episode. It's hard to imagine in the last week that our entire lives have changed, but we released the first episode last Monday. A couple days later, the NBA season was shut down due to the coronavirus. The guys are safe and healthy at home right now. Grant and Taco are back home. They're self-isolating. They are social distancing. They are doing every other two-word phrase to keep safe as we speak, as am I recording from my home studio right now. So we just wanted to let you know that this was recorded before the coronavirus thing happened, and that is why we don't mention it in the show. Uh, but this is going to be a great episode. We dive into great Grant's backstory. Last week, we went over Taco's backstory. This week, it's going to be Grant's. Uh, just quick thank you to Sango with the song Fashado for our theme song, one of my favorite dance songs of all time. Now, let's get into it. Grant, tell me about your backstory. Oh, my past. Oh, goodness. What was your... We went through like kind of talks, like opportunities you came across. What was your opportunity that got you into higher level basketball? <laughs> well... In terms of difficult stories, my story, I wouldn't say it was crazy difficult. Um, as I said, we all go through certain struggles and, uh, just, you know, through family, through experience, you've been through a lot, you've seen a lot. However, um, basketball has always been something that you kind of, for me, gave me extra light, gave me extra, extra smiles on my face. But the thing is, from the beginning, I think I started when I was like 11 years old. I didn't really fall in love with it. Like I was a guy that played basketball because he gave him opportunity to make some friends. I was a nerdy kid, so I didn't make friends naturally. So, and I was a talkative kid, so I was always the bully one. So, um, when it came to basketball, it was always a reason for me to be able to use my voice. It was a reason for me to go out there and just run around and do what I normally couldn't do when I was at home. So, uh, next thing you know, over time, my brother. Who was, a, who was a real big inspiration for me was love of basketball from get go. He was two years older than me. He would always watch NBA games, always watch Kobe. Me, I was just a guy that wanted to ar argue and get under his skin. So um, I would be a rival team, whatever team he liked, I didn't like. And then over time, as he grew up in high school, I'd be around his teams, West Charlotte, Kennedy Meeks, win the state championship there and win the national championship of Carolina. And then all around the West Charlotte area. And on the high school, I was given the opportunity that my family wasn't able to provide my brothers. I was uh, given the opportunity to go to a private school um, 30 minutes away from my house that I had to get to every morning. And surrounded by a lot of uh, genuine good people. And it allowed me to start a career that I never knew of I was gonna play basketball. I was a kid that did it for fun and then in his 10th grade year really said, man, I actually love this thing. I don't see myself without it. And 
from then on, just focus on getting better. And I was never the most talent, like the most highly recruited, most talented guy. No one ever believed that I would be here, actually. I bet you my, my dad and my uncle would barely even thought I'd be here. They actually told me I could quit playing if I felt like it. <laughs> so, At what age? <laughs> that was ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, going into 12th grade. I could stop playing basketball if I felt like it. They didn't, I didn't have to because my family was like a basketball family. My cousin Salim played for the Hawks. Damon Stoudemire played in Portland slash the Raptors. So, like, those guys were like the... Like no the, wonder. Yeah, wait, how are you related to the Stoudemires? My bro, my dad's sister is um, Teresa, and she married Charles Stoudemire, and they had Salim. So, Salim Stoudemire is my first cousin, wow. and then Damon's my second cousin through Charles and that side. So... Uh, so, you know, being around basketball, I went, used to go to games when I was younger, going to see Serene play. And it's kind of like they didn't think I was going to be like this. So no one ever really was like there, like saying, oh, you can do that. You can do it. They're like more so like, oh, you're just doing it to move on. Like you can get to college for it and go from there. And play my junior year, play with CP3. Played around talented players, and I was holding my own. And that's when I was like, kind of like, man, y'all, y'all, maybe y'all don't really believe in me. You know, my mom always tries to say, you know, she believed in me, but she could care less about basketball. She cared about the academics. So I was like, you know, I'm just doing it for myself. I'm, I'm gonna prove to prove to myself and prove to y'all I can do it. So next thing you know, all the like, I used to like get so bent up. I was always so worked up about what others thought about me. But then I just said, I'm going to be, be myself and be me. And hopefully that's enough and I'll make it enough. And so I remember begging, I texted Paul Baron Carney, begging him to put me in my top two, top 100 rankings. They didn't. I remember going into school, like, so that's how that works. Interesting. Oh man. Those, those, those top hundred rankings used to have me. So <laughs> kind of tight. I remember I went because, to school, man, I remember, I remember going to school telling people that I was good at basketball and people would laugh. I remember that. So the next thing you know, I was like, all right, cool. Like, I might not be the star player in your eyes, but we're winning. Next thing you know, playing against Harry Giles, playing against Bam Adebayo, playing against those guys, having like right there, 22 points, 21 points. Like, I was like, all right, like maybe I can do this. And can you paint the picture of what you looked like to those people back then? Because I'm looking at this like six foot seven Jack dude, but you didn't yeah, always and, look like that. Oh yeah, especially back then, I was a six foot four center that was like 280 pounds. Damn, Grant, you were you were. I almost I almost made ten. I, I weighed ten pounds less than you right now, Todd. That was like me in high school, to, except I was only six feet. I'm going to order. I'm going to. <laughs> I was a white Reeds. Jewish kid too. You said what? You're Odo Reeds. All right. Right, breaking news speaking on the of, podcast. Speaking of, speaking of food. Can you order me something? I'm starved. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, continue. So, yeah, I was a six foot four, 280 pound center that everyone was like, this kid just plays basketball. He doesn't care about anything. Like, I was getting recruited by like the mid majors. Never had a, I had my first high major offer came my junior year of high school by Boston. Like, I think it was either Boston College or Tennessee. And, those were my only two high major offers. Boston College, who had just went 0-16 in ACC or wherever 100%. it is. Yep, 100% of zero. 
And I'll say represent because I grew up in Newton, yep. down the street from BC. <laughs> so then, with those kids as a kid. And Tennessee was in a transition with the coach. And the only reason they offered me really is because Desmond Oliver, who was coaching at UNC Charlotte, uh, got the job as an assistant at Tennessee after their staff got fired. And he told Coach Barnes that he had this kid that may not look it, but can really play ball. And Coach Barnes said, all right, well, I trust you, Des. Just met you, Billy, because he was good friends with Rob Lanier. And they took a chance, I guess. And uh, so at junior, senior year, I'm going my senior year, going into it. I get that offer, and I'm just like, wow, like this is a tough decision. Because for me, it was Tennessee, Yale, Harvard, and Princeton. Mom's a NASA engineer. Dad. I'm sure mom is leaning three ways as opposed to one. Oh, yeah, yeah, three to one. And then my dad, basketball, mind slash academic, proud of him, but still a basketball mind. So he could care less which one I chose because he knew he was not like it mattered anyway. And then my brothers who were just like, wow, the guy should offer by these guys. And my brother, older brother who may have necessarily loved the ball, basketball more, didn't even get any D1 offers. So next thing you know, I'm just like, all right, I'm kind of making a decision on my own. Like I fed off my brothers a little bit, but I was like, you know what? Like, let me decide. So going into it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Tennessee. And my mom was pissed. Didn't talk to me for two months. So two months? Yep, didn't talk to my mom for two months. You're living in the house with her. No, nah, so my parents were divorced. Oh. So with them, my mom, I would live with my dad for one week. And I live with my mom for the other. But if my mom, who worked at NASA in Houston, couldn't get home, I live with my grandparents, her mom and dad. So, and oh, so she was literally commuting she would, weekends sometimes, back? Sometimes she would drive 20 hours to come see um, come see her kids. That's and unbelievable. Yeah, so she's a strong, strong woman. And my dad, you know, he was there trying to raise me as the father he is. And I was thankful for both of them. When, you know? Could have changed some some of it growing up, but you know, it made me stronger. So um, next thing you know, I chose them, and I'm going to my I'm with my senior year. Like, all right, like state championship. Like, I got to play against these guys, these guys. Next thing you know, I'm playing against Bam Adebayo from the Miami Heat, new All Star, and Harry Giles, who had just got hurt towards ACL again. He did again. No, that was in high school. Okay, I was about to say, no, no way. Not gonna knock on wood. Knock on wood. And then come on, Harry, we got your back. Yes, and then Dennis Smith was no, hurt. Not wood. So Dennis Smith was hurt. So next, you know, it's between Bam and I for both Player of the Year, State Championship, all that stuff. So I'm going into it like no one's gonna believe in me. Like no, you know, I'm just gonna play the game, try and win. So we're winning. We're one of the best teams in the world, like in in high school. We had five players, five and a half is what we called it. Myself, <laughs> Isaac Johnson, App State, Josh Howard, who's at Brown, Trey Wirtz, Santa Clara, and Devon Dotson at Kansas. And then Scott Peterson, who went to Ohio State as a student, who was our half. A little short, <laughs> five foot nine, five foot eight white kid that just was competitive, fiery, and would get into fights for everybody. So and you had Devon Dotson on your team. Yeah, was sophomore. Really his sophomore yeah. as a that was young Devon. So that yeah. was he's still immature, but that's still that's Devon right there. So next thing you know, we're 
going against guys like High Point Christian, which was Bam Adebayo, Ty Ga- or not Ty Gasson, Ty uh, Graves, who went to uh, I forgot what college he went to. That six D one players, as well as others, and then other schools. So next year, you know, we're winning, we're winning. We beat Bam and that Bam Adebayo by twenty the first time we play him. I always brag brag to him about it. And then we go to the state tournament, playing, playing, playing. We get to the state finals, playing against Bam Adebayo again. Five-star recruit versus two-star, three-star Grant Williams, as well as the other matchups, Ty, Ty Devon, all this stuff. We ended up winning a state championship. And everyone was shocked because they're like, who's this Grant Williams kid, uh, Coach Grays, who um, Bam actually put in his story, and his ESPN story, called me Bam's kryptonite. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> and I always joke and tease him about it because I always say, like, you know, if you look at our records – um, I think I'm like six and one against you, and that's inc- like I still joke from now to this day because two and one, two and zero oh in high school, one and one, or sorry, yeah, one and one in college, and now two and zero oh in the league. Pros, yeah. So I uh, tease him about that, but well, now, now I'm kind of hoping for a Miami Celtics matchup. <laughs> I, mean, I want that so I can go to Miami. I'm about to say you want YouTube that for the Miami it. thing, yeah. but so I always tease him about that, but end up, and then next you know I. Going to it, I'm like, oh, I'm about to get Gatorade Play of the Year. Like, I was hype. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I beat him both times. I, nope. Next thing you know, Bam out of Bio, Gatorade Play of the Year. <laughs> Grant Williams, I'm like, oh, I might be, be able to go to the Jordan game. Look on the list. Oh, no, nothing. I played for CP3, though. I thought that being a Jordan, I might have the opportunity. Nope. So I was like, dang. So let me just, let me just be me. So I just kept kept going to it every single day. High school, I was in a musical. I was being me. Like, that's how I stayed true to myself. And then went to Tennessee, had success there. Wasn't from the beginning, but worked my butt off every single day. No one thought I'd be SC Player of the Year. No one thought I'd be in the NBA. No one thinks I would be good in the NBA. No one thinks I'd last. So I kind of always just have that, that mindset or chip in my shoulder kind of that there's always things I can improve on. There's always things that are going to be doubters. And if you let them affect you, that's how you end up losing. And I don't like to lose. So, I mean, one thing I'll push back on is uh, for draft scouting, I think everybody considered you to be a guaranteed like, career rotation player, no question. Uh, so I don't know if anyone's doubting sheesh, you'll be in the NBA. You want to bet? So. I can show you all the screenshots in the world of our guys. They even think I should have been drafted. Really? Yep. Like like people there like randos been, on Twitter and stuff like that, or like people with actual both. wow people with actual credibility really didn't believe how she's Jay Billis was my old high school coach. I remember hearing about this. Yeah, do tell you, tell that. Tell that do story. you remember how we're in the draft? You know, I'm like Jay Billis, like that's my supposed to be my guy, and my name gets called Boston Celtics, and all I hear is, "Wow, I'm, I'm a little surprised by that one." Uh, you know, he's a good kid, um, great family. I had the opportunity to coach him, you know. Like, it wasn't like congratulations. It wasn't like he's going to be great for them. It was like, I'm surprised that he actually went for one high, that high, and two to the Celtics and first rounder. Like, I was like, dang. So even now, like, I got to go against a guy who used to be like my high school coach. I'm good friends with his son. Like, that's wild. Like, so it's part of it where, kind of just have to have that like chip where you're like i'm trying to be the best 
me I can be. And I remember I used to, you still see it to this day, like, oh, he's not scoring. Matisse Thibel should have been drafted over him. And da-da-da, you're just like, all right, let me just keep doing what I'm doing. Keep impacting winning the way I'm supposed to. And then go from there. It's funny because I don't think any Celtics fans are complaining about that. Or like real Celtics fans, because you fit the mo- like the model for like beloved Celtics player to a T. Like guy that just like you know, great screen setter, great defensive rotations, plays gets hard. a fifty fifty balls, plays hard. Like that's like the the Celtics always have those guys and those are always a fan favorite players. Right. And they never know they have taco. They never believe. Yeah, and they have taco. But they never but the thing is when you get that label, and I think Marcus will attest to this, they will never see you as anything else. It's true because this year Smart's been one of the best passers in the NBA. Best passers, he's shooting best at the league shooting level. at the league average slash, and he's, he's finishing the in the paint like pretty decently now. I mean, he takes a lot of ridiculous shots too. <laughs> that kind of hurts his case a little. Yeah, he's he's finally turning into like the kind of the player that he was at OK State right. as an offensive player, and nobody seems to really acknowledge that no he's one actually acknowledges like a it, and no one believes that it's happening. Yeah. Everyone still just sees him as the guy that plays hard and. Isn't quote worth what he's being paid, and I'm just like he's actually worth. Oh, he's worth that like, and more. At least twice what he's getting paid. So now. like, yeah, you're like given. Once you're given that box, you kind of are seen in that. So I've always tried to break the narrative because in college, oh yeah, he's a good player. Um, he's not as good as PJ Washington. He's not as good as this guy. He's not as good as that That's, guy. I hate. I hate when people. Trying to make comparisons, you can't. Like, it's true. Some people are gonna have some similarities mm-hmm. and everything like that. You're always gonna find someone who plays like a little bit like someone else, but they not. They're not gonna be the same player. They're not gonna impact the team the same way. You know, and matches are everything. Grant is the perfect match. Like I was, I was saying earlier, like how we play in Boston. And how Brad, because Brad wants to play, like Grant just fit, fit, fits it perfectly. Like he can just, he can do so many things and Grant has just such a high IQ. And I was just, not when, when we went to this, to the event that I left after the swimming thing, we were like with the boxing thing, right? Mm-hmm. So you know how Ennis and I always talk yeah, to talk each other. Yeah, talk junk. So he's like, Taco, I will give you work. Say, Ennis, you wouldn't score on me. First of all, I'm like, Ennis, you don't re- you don't play against people like me every day, and I know how to guard you. I play with, against you all summer. I will force you to go uh, to go left. You're gonna try to shoot over your right hand because you can only shoot with your right hand, and I'm long enough to block your shot. Like no, ma- no matter how how many headbutts you give me, how many shoulders, how many shoulders you, shoulders you give me, my Arms are long enough to block it. Shot. In practice the other day, he was struggling to score, score over Coach Jordan, who's only seven two, I think. Right? Yeah, so. like I'm, I'm like Ennis. I can guard you, and they don't want to admit it. When we played one on one in the summer, I had the second best record. It was Ennis, and then it was me. Whoa, 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 I did. Whoa, relax. But you didn't play every day. I was first. No, you was not first. I was first. Grant. Percentage-wise, I am first. Grant, we never played. You and I never played. I am undefeated You and I never played against each other. I'm undefeated. Grant, you did not play with us every day. You got hurt the times I played. When you didn't play with us. When you were hurt, that's when I was playing. But you didn't play with us every day. But guess what? 
after I came back, we played every day, and you wasn't there. I was shooting threes because guess what? I need to work. I need to work on what I was getting <laughs> ready during the season. <laughs> so my 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 point. So we we talking, and then Sky was there, and then like he's already, he was a real I, instigator. Yeah. So I'm I'm like Ellis, you can't guard me, and then he's like Grant can guard you. I was like Grant can't guard me. He said Grant is strong. I I say yes, I know Grant is strong. He said Grant is gonna push you out. I say no, I'm strong too. Like I, I know. Is that true? Is that true? Could can you push him out? I can push him out. Grant, you know what's funny? We played three on three, and he won. Admitted we beat him first of all. And whoa, 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 whoa! We beat you. Whoa, you beat me once. I beat you twice. We beat you. You beat me once. Nope. I beat you twice. We beat you. First of all, hey, look, he's he's saying we beat second, you. He didn't say I beat him twice. He said second, I beat you once. And second, you 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 couldn't guard me. Look. I guard him really well. But he dunked on me know. twice. Sure, it happens. Getting dunked on him is about seven, seven foot seven yeah. So, yeah. But, but, but come on now. But that's my, Two wins. That's my point. Count the I record. Like, I was like, it's hard for me to say that because Grant's my best friend. But like, <laughs> Grant can't, I was like, no, Grant can't guard me. And then he's like, Grant can push you out. I was like, I know Grant is really strong. He got a very strong base. And... First of all, I wouldn't even try to because I can back him down, but it's gonna take a lot more work to back Grant <laughs> down just than, in the than, other people, than other people. <laughs> so all I need to do, he's not gonna hold me from going to the spot I want to go, and it's uh, sometimes it's even almost illegal to like grab somebody. So I would just get as close as possible, catch the ball, and throw a jump where I talk the ball. So I'm like, no, Grant can guard me. So the conversation we had was the thing like, I can do is flop. Because ah. his elbows are definitely coming down. You going, it is coming Flag, down. Flagrant one, flagrant, flagrant, flagrant yeah. one, flagrant two. Oh yeah, I lay it on the line. You. He's ca- he's caught me twenty at least. I did we, catch you a lot. As many elbows. times as we've played, he's probably caught me many thirty times. of thirty six times in, in the face with an elbow. That wasn't on purpose though. Hand punch <laughs> something. One time he punched <laughs> me accidentally. <laughs> he they threw the ball in the air. How do you go in the air and grab with going out with two? Come down with one, and the other one just comes down like this. Boom. <laughs> Straight on someone's head. I, I don't did, see how that's possible. I did hear him. Um, they started, they, they asked me to wear elbow pads. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not wearing elbow <laughs> You have to wear elbow pads? No, I'm, we I might, told we're, them I'm we're not We're about to put a, a legal thing in, in practice. We're talking about to wear elbow pads and oven mitts. Elbow pads and oven, mitt, oven mitts. Because he's going to dunk it anyway. No. You know? He just make it softer for when you get punched in the face or when you elbowed in the chin. <laughs> Man, but that, that's the conversation that we had with Scott. And then Scott, Scott also started, I'm like, he's, Scott said you could guard me, but it depends. He's like on the five-on-five five situation that you could guard me because now it's like other things that's going to factor into it. People going to dig and, you know, people going to send a double and things like that. I'm like, okay. I can guard one-on-one from 15 feet. I can't guard one-on-one from five. I mean, if Taco's getting the ball at five, I don't think anybody's going to exactly. Be but him fifteen anyway. feet, I can guard one on one. I'd be fine. I'd be fine fifteen feet out. Because well, if he puts the ball on the floor, oh, that's mine. That's I just yeah. get low. Hey, you get low, but I can get lower. Let's Lowest see. man wins. Let's see what can get lower right now. Yeah, see, my the way my hips are set up right now, I don't yeah. feel like my hips know. are pretty flexible. I was about to say you might be hypermobile right now. I'm I'm sitting in this chair for so I'll long. Say you got to be like, in that yoga kick, man. Yeah, I need some yoga or some Pilates or something. But I feel like, okay, so how many minutes per game do you play? 16. 16. I play probably like 23, 24. And I've played 
six games in the G League. I've played 60-something. I know. So <laughs> you, you compare it. So you got the minutes advantage. You compare the minutes. minutes advantage. That's true. How have you only played that many games in the G League? Because I was hurt. I got coming You missed up. like two weeks, right? Yeah, I missed yeah. two weeks because I was hurt. And then I've been up quite some time. That's true, yeah. Oh, wait. I've been told by many people to ask you about Rick Barnes' fat camp. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what it means, but it sounds all right. always Um We're going to talk about Rick Barnes' fat camp, or Rick Barnes in general. Uh, so Coach Barnes, to his credit, is one of the most genuine – I'm trying to think of a good word, like a substitution. Like Taskmasters? Assholes. There we go. <laughs> but assholes that love you, that you possibly know. Because he's a guy that will bring the most out of you if you're willing to take it. It's crazy how different coaches have different coaching styles. Like Coach Dawkins was the complete opposite. He would bring the best out of you without having to do that. Oh, shit. Yeah, Coach Barnes is demeaning you 24 hours of the day. And then smiling with you when you're off the court as if nothing happened. He would do that, that is Coach Barnes. Coach Dawkins would do that to Aubrey. Yeah, that is, that is Coach Barnes for you in a nutshell. He's going to say, you're terrible. Why are you soft? Folky, you're soft. I'm not soft, Coach. You're soft. You want to see you're soft? Pull the film. Pull the film. <laughs> Go to film. See you're soft, Folky. Not soft, Coach, in this country accent. But that's Coach Barnes for you in a nutshell. But... When I got to school, so as I said, I was 6'4", 280. By then, I probably was 6'6", 280, uh, so maybe 270. Hold on. You I came got into to school. Tennessee at 6'4"? I got to Tennessee at 6'6". Six, six. Okay. I'm still 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, whatever you want to call me. So, I, I next you know, I come, in, I I come into school five. at like, I came into school at like actually 250-something, 255. And to me, I'm like, oh, sorry, 265. I get, there's a number. 265. And, and you're I'm, thinking that's good. And I'm thinking that's great because I'm like, hey, I lost 20 pounds. My body fat's like 20, uh, 11%. I'm talking trash to G, who was our strength, Garrett Maidenwald, who's our strength coach at Tennessee, talking trash, saying, yeah, I'm in shape. You can put me at the four, the power four, and I would uh, take the ball out and be able to run the court. I stepped on that scale the first day I was there. I was 265 pounds. Got in the bod pod, which is the uh, body fat calculator. I was 17% body fat. And next thing you know, I tried to play the four in practice, and I, pa- I almost pa- not passed out, but I <laughs> fell out, <laughs> fell over in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> almost passed out. You passed out. First 10 minutes of practice, I fell over. So this brings on fat camp. Coach Barnes has a history of fat camp with his fat players. Um, Admiral went through it the year before I was there. At Texas. Really? He went through it? Yep. Admiral wow. went through it. At Texas, he did it with a lot of other guys. P.J. Tucker, mm-hmm. Fat Camp. Uh, um, I think Miles Turner, Fat Camp. Um, all the guys. A lot of guys at Texas. Even Dickie, maybe Dickie Simpkins at Providence, Fat Camp. And Fat Camp is really just at the discretion of the strength conditioning coach that was with you at that time. For me, it was Gary Maidenwald. Before that, it was Todd Wright from the Los Angeles Clippers strength conditioning coach now. And so fat camp really was you had to do extra workouts. And by extra workouts, I meant like three or four extra workouts a day on top of practice and lift. So, and you had to send for me an admiral. I didn't know if back then they probably didn't have the cell phones to do it. I had to send a picture of the food I was eating. Oh, 
as well as I had to make sure that everything else I was boxed out. So there was a story of when I was on a treadmill running, because, you know, fat camp, and my mom, who had, loves me and knows my love of popcorn, had sent me a care package a week before of a box full of popcorn. Mind you, this is going to embarrass my mom, who at the time, you know, believe I'm super innocent still to this day, sent me a pop box of popcorn, two boxes of condoms. <laughs> they no one knows to this day about that story. No one knows that it was that it was condoms? that it was two it was two boxes. Two, it was twenty four bags of popcorn or forty eight bags of popcorn. Popcorn, like not box popcorn, like just the bags themselves. And then if you dig into the bo- bags, at the very bottom was two boxes of condoms. To this day, people just think it was popcorn. It was popcorn and condoms. And imagine that combo. So Coach Barnes confiscated both of them because he said, I'm not using either one of them. Well, I feel like one of them is kind of important. Right. I think yeah. so. But he said, you know, you're not using either one of these. It's like you need these. popcorn to get the grown You know, bed, being, being Coach Barnes, you know, he said, you know, you're not using any one of these, Grant. You know, no, no, no. <laughs> just took, took him away from me. So next thing you know, I'm running on a treadmill. Coach Barnes walks out. I don't see him. I'm sprinting, you know, tired, like head bobbing, weaving. And all smell is, what's that smell? Popcorn? Coach Barnes standing right beside me. I turn my head. He's eating popcorn in front of my face. Popcorn tastes good, mom. Tell your mom's popcorn tastes good. Eating popcorn while I'm running on a treadmill. You want some, Grant? Oh, you can't have any. Oh, sorry, sorry. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Walked away with my popcorn. I was like, wow, that is a very Coast Barnes thing to do. And I was now, very upset. Did he use the other stuff that he confiscated also? I, I don't want to know. Because <laughs> that would put an image in my mind of him and Candy that I don't want his wife that I don't want to know anything well, about. that's his wife. Yes. You don't need. I don't know. You know, that age, I don't know what they're doing. So, anyways, I'm over here on the treadmill. So, that's Fat Camp for you. And I'm sorry, by the end of the summer... I was 30 pounds lighter. I was down to like 230. At one point, I got all the way down to 225. Wow. And then- It's like Michael Jordan up, numbers there, yep, 66225. Yep. Ended up building it back up. Right now, I'm about 6'7", 6'6", 245. So I'm kind of up, but- I mean, that's where I, I assume know, it's where you want to be. That's where I would yeah. rather be than 225, where I'm- I was a lot more athletic at 225. Oh, I was jumping out the gym. Uh, that's, well, that's why you tried to dunk on me at the combine. Huh? I'm telling you, there's some like remember I'm forgot when in practice I dunked on somebody. I don't know Ennis and I dunked on VP. I don't know Ennis and VP in one on ones, and everybody was shocked. They were like, "What?" And I was like, "Guys, I can jump. I just choose one out of you to jump." <laughs> like I remember I dunked one, and they're like, "I didn't oh, know you could man. jump." This just reminded me yesterday. I almost dunked some some. Oh my god! <laughs> I went I, first. I jumped far, like. Far for tacos. On the, like, no, no, no. On charge the, circle. <laughs> on the replay, it looks like I probably didn't jump that high, but I took off. You can tell I took off really, really far. So, Tremont, like, I play with Tremont, so I've, now I know, like, when he's going to pass me the ball. So, a lot of times when he goes up the screen, he attracts so much attention that my the guy that's guarding me and the guy that's guarding him, both of them follow him. So, I kind of trail him from behind. And Tremont just like throw throw the ball behind his behind his head, so I waited. Tremont went. I waited. He threw the ball behind his head. I caught it, like by the free throw line. Kind of just took one step, and then I jumped, 
and then I see I see the rim. The rim was kind of far, and then I tried to throw the ball inside the. Um, you tried to be Dwight Howard. Uh, Dwight Howard. I tried yeah, to Dwight Howard. Superman dunk. But he he fouled me, and the, I threw the ball so hard. Oh, you hear this like boom! Just throw. I'm like, man, if I had made that dunk. <laughs> Well, he said he took one step from the free throw line, so that would put him at the charge. So I was about to say, that's Dwight yeah. Howard there. It was far. <laughs> took off kind of far. So, yeah. Did your red jersey start floating behind you like a cape as he went up? <laughs> I wish, but we got some really tight jerseys, so kind of impossible. <laughs> the, the, um, have you seen, Grant, have you seen the Red Claws, like a space jersey? Yes, I saw those. VP's first game with them was when they wore the space jerseys. That's right. Jerseys. Has your mom seen those? Uh, she oh, has she'd not. Approved. Those she would be nice approved. Oh, oh, last thing about Fat Cat with Coach Barnes. Though. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't get enough of the story, by the way. We can just go on for yeah, a couple episodes Coach, on this. Coach Barnes, mind you, was, like I said, is very demeaning. So he used to do things as if, especially my freshman year and sophomore year, especially when we weren't as the team that we were my junior year, you know, number one team in the country, um, that he had where he would have guests come in, and that just gave him even more permission to just – I be irate. It's like Bush Jones. I hope he remembers this story. Bush Jones does. But he came into practice one day and we we see a guest. We're like, oh, here comes the day where Coach Barnes is amped up. And being Bush Jones, another head coach of another of our uh, football team, it's going to be even crazier. We're going through practice. It's one of the hardest practices we've had the whole year. Three, three hours long, three hours plus. He's like, watch this, watch this, watch this. G, come on, sideline. So we're gonna, we know we have a 17 coming. So we're like, all right, if we make it, we're done. So, you know, back then I couldn't make 17s. I was a fat kid. So I was, you know, didn't make it like always. He's like, make him run it again. We ended up running five 17s. What's a 17? 17s is 17 sideline touches in one minute. If you can't do it, try to, or if you don't know what it is, try it at home. Call in, let me know what you think. You know, tell me, <laughs> tell, tell me how you feel about a 17 on a, on a college court, whatever it is, whatever you have, 17 sideline touches in less than a minute. Tell me if you can do it. And then do I'm going to try to get the 10. And then do five of them and tell me if you can do it. We did five of them. No one made anything after the first one. Coach Barnes like, since y'all don't want to run hard today, you know what? 85 and two, which is 85 left-hand layups in two minutes. You know, for it's whatever it is for 15-man team, you think it's easy. Well, after running five 17s, it's not. And you're running full speed, you have to go full speed the entire time unless you're not going to make it because each person has to make at least seven layups. So next thing you know, he's like, all right, we did three of those. He's like, all right, y'all don't want to do that. Put them on sideline again, G. Do it again. We had three more 17s. He's like, all right, you know what? They're done. So guys by then are passed out, throwing up, whatever, whatever. So, you know, when I got tired, he did it purposely because the entire time he would be talking to Bush Jones, he'd be like, watch this, watch JB. JB, Jordan Bowden, anytime he got tired, he would run and he would hold his chest as if he was having a heart attack. He'd run with his right hand across his chest like this. Bone, whenever he got tired, he would just, you know, kind of give up. Well, not give up, but he would just stop running. He was the fastest guy on the team. He was like, I'm making these, so I'm not, I don't need to. Me, I had a bobblehead. Whenever I was tired, my head would start bobbling. I wouldn't be looking. My eyes would be closed. And he knew that. So he said, didn't like Stevie Wonder? <laughs> so he was just doing it all to make, like, kind of, kind of, that's how Barnes was. Mental toughness was his thing. So next thing you know, he's like, Grant, you know what? 
you know what? Come here. This how he speaks? Yeah. He's come here. So, what's up, coach? Meanwhile, deep, like hard breathing. Like, what's up? <laughs> you didn't go hard today. I won't, go, go on the ropes with G. I'm like, coach, I'm just, everybody's leaving. Go on the ropes. Go, 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 go to the ropes with G. So I'm doing the battle ropes with G, our strength coach, Ped Bobbin, as always, like CV Wonder. And he's over here laughing, laughing, laughing. Next thing I was like, all right, you're done. You can go. You go. 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 And that's the wor- one of the worst stories on Rooster's Day. And PJ Tucker has one just like that. He was on the Stairmaster for I don't know how long, where PJ Tucker really called his mom, talking about he wanted to come home. And think PJ Tucker did PJ that. PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker, one of the toughest hardest dudes dude I've ever seen. Yeah. Exactly, he was doing that. That's how you know Coach Barnes had some had some different stuff to his game. So uh, he's definitely one of those guys that you look back in the long run, you're like, man, I'm thankful for him. But in the moment, you're like, I can't stand this dude. Sometimes, but we had a great relationship. Still do. Thankful to have him uh, in my life, and uh, he allowed me to be who I am. You know. So. All right. Well. Coach Barnes' fat camp will live on in infamy now. On the fat Great camp Doctor will continue show. to happen. You know, I don't know who's fat right now for their team. It doesn't look, they they have a lot of skinny dudes. So the next fat dude that runs through there, no, he will be in fat camp. We had one every year. It was Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams, Derek Walker, DJ Burns, and now this is the first year without one. Next year though, oh yeah, definitely gonna have one. <laughs> All right, well, that is going to do it for the Grant and Taco Show. Please do not forget to like, subscribe, five-star rate. Make sure you mention the Grant and Taco Show. When you do so, let us know on Twitter and Instagram what you think. We will be back next week with another episode of the Grant and Taco Show. Show no vai se atrasar.